Welcome, welcome everybody to episode five of the Potentiation Podcast. I'm your host, Fran Kalinsky. Thank you. Thank you, as always, starting every episode off with a little bit of gratitude. I want to introduce episode five's guest. Today is none other than my former roommate, musician, singer, rapper, songwriter, Luciano Reyes, but his stage name is Lucky. That's capital L-U-C-K-Y, exclamation point, don't forget it, because there's emphasis on that. No, but he's really, we, we spent a ton of time together throughout college, and now we're still a couple blocks away from each other here in Harlem, but what I love about Luch is that he turns pretty much every event that happens into his life into music, somehow, whether it's a freestyle or an actual written song that he throws on an EP, this guy really does lay it all out there, and I'm not just saying that because he's my friend, but you hear his passion when he raps and sings. He's got a new EP out right now, and he shouts it out in the podcast. I'm going to let him take it from here, but if you're interested in listening to some of Lucky's music, you can Google or search his name on any streaming service, and I'm sure you'll find some dope stuff. He's also an awesome performer. Anyway, this is episode five of the Potentiation Podcast with Lucky. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome, everybody, to episode five of the Potentiation Podcast. I'm your host, Fran Kalinsky, and this is episode five. There's a couple special things about episode five before we start today. First off, it's the latest that I've ever recorded a podcast. It's almost 9.30 here on the East Coast, and second, the second most important thing about this podcast right now is that I'm recording with somebody who I've previously recorded podcasts with, and we're also doing some stuff that we used to do in past podcasts, which is you know just watch NBA games, hang out together. My guest today is none other than Lucky Luciano Reyes on Instagram <laughs> as Listen to Lucky, uh, recording artist, rapper, singer, songwriter. Yeah, falls under the umbrella of all three of those, and really, he's he's got a lot of interesting stuff going on. Most recently, he's been uh, working on some new music, featured in some pretty interesting stuff, and I'm just happy to have him here because we're about to have a lot of fun. And my goal for this podcast—well, this is my goal for most of my podcasts—but th- my goal for this podcast is to do as little editing as possible because I want the conversation to really flow. But Luce, tell them who you are. Yo, because first, first of all, cheers, man. Happy cheers. To be here. I hope the mic picked up that little clink. <laughs> um, tell them who you are because in the past we recorded podcasts and we just went and we didn't say anything. We didn't say who we were or what we do, but now we're more professional and uh, I think it warrants a little bit of uh, a little bit a little bit more talking. So tell tell oh. people who you are. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, yo, what's good, everybody? My name is Lucky. Uh, I spelled all cats with an exclamation point. I am a rapper, songwriter, producer. Um, I'm, I'm here. I'm living in Harlem, living in New York City. Uh, I was born in the Bronx, and I was raised up in Mayapack. Uh, even, uh, you know, been putting a lot of work this summer. Um, back in May, I put out my EP called Love Break 2. And actually, I'm going to be shooting a video to, uh, to the first song off that EP called Surface Level. And um, I haven't actually. You're getting the exclusive on this. I'm dropping my new single, Fast, on August 28th. Nice. Yeah. So uh, 
that's going to be a lot of fun. Love it. I love when I have people on the podcast and they drop news because it makes me feel like this podcast is an important place for people to leave information. But what's your most recent development with music right now? Because my biggest question for you is that with you know my your your music career largely up to this point has been defined by in in person performances yeah. shows yeah. Uh, many of which I've been to and that is like where you that's like your bread and butter like I see you up on stage and you're very comfortable up there so so what is, what have you been doing the past couple of months to stay busy even though you can't like perform yeah so it's it's been like a, a weird time only because I'm used to like that in person interaction. Hmm. Um, it it helps me go honestly like it it inspires me to write and, and keep on going. Um, the reason why I do release or try to release as much music and video content I can is to then go back out, you know, in person and do these performances and go to these places, meet these people, and kind of introduce them to this. Mm. Um, so it was really rough from April till maybe like the last couple weeks as far as which direction I wanted to go in. Right. Um, so my friend Lynette had me on her, her, uh, this virtual concert called Virtual Vibes. Nice. This was, uh, back in May. And so I was able to showcase this, uh, video for 12, 17, 18. And it was, it was kind of crazy. Like that song just in general, cause it's just, it's a video and a song that I released almost a year ago, yeah. but it's still getting traction. It's funny that, that, uh, we're actually watching the Lakers right now. Um, this, uh, basketball, um, video page on Instagram, it's like a highlight page, uh, reached out to me. Their name, it was... Um, Nick's Tape, right? Yes, it was Nick's Tape Visuals. Right, right. And so they just post a lot of basketball clips, and they reached out to me, and they put 12, 17, 18 on one of their Instagram posts. Uh, and that was super dope. And I think it's just so crazy how, you know, I keep on continuing putting out this new music and content... But this song that I dropped a year ago is still getting plays. Like, it's still getting hundreds of plays a month. And people still reach out to me, you know, oh, hey, I want to feature this song or I want to use it for my tape. So, um, that's cool. Still getting plays. And I know that that was something that you used to track a lot with, mm-hmm. with, with and probably still do, with, with your whole collection of your catalog of music is how many people are streaming your, your stuff. Are you still monitoring that as heavily are you still keeping track to that on like a day-to-day basis like what does that look like? yeah absolutely i mean especially because it's so easy and accessible you know there's spotify for artists there's apple music for artists just apps you can download on your phone and kind of check so i still look at it but i know it's like anything else where there's days where it's going to be great and there's days where it's where it's uh not going to be so you can i check like the daily thing yeah you know, sometimes I'll go on there and I'll see seven people listening to me. Sometimes I see zero. Sometimes there are days where I get zero streams. Sometimes there are plays where I get like a hundred. Yeah. So like I, I really I don't I don't get too caught up in the stats. I do check them, um, but it's crazy when you look at like the last twenty four hours and you don't see much progress. But then like you zoom out a little bit and you click like the last seven days or the last month, and then you see how many plays you get or how many listeners you get that in that block of time. Mm. And I feel like that's the number that you want to look at, that big number. So right. I don't care about the little petty stuff as much, but I do like to look at the big picture in that the, regard. The macro, right. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to lie, I canceled streaming recently, but I, I'm about to get back on it. Mm-hmm. Unrelated topic, I heard 
Future dropped a project recently, and I heard a song off of it where he dropped the line, Coronavirus Diamonds. Do you feel like there's pressure to rap about the pandemic in your in your new songs? Oh, no, no, not at all. Um, I mean, I feel like you can get caught up in trying to put a relevant topic like that into your songs and it come off as corny almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like that's something you never want to do as an artist or a... Uh, so I was um, talking to my friend Diana, and she mentioned the August Alcina Jaded Pick and Smith situation. Yeah. And he put out a song recently called Entanglement. And I, once again, I'm a fan of August Alcina, and I want to see him do well as an artist, but I just didn't understand the direction of that song, only because it sounded, like, forced. And I feel like he kind of... That song sounds like it was created because of what was going on, not necessarily because the situation inspired this song. That's just the way the song came off to me, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I feel like you just want to stay away from stuff like that, like as an artist and as, you know, eventually a public figure. So staying away from actually putting that, that type of stuff in your music, mm-hmm. I think makes sense. But what about doing something like what Kehlani just recently did with her newest music video? I can't remember the name of the song, but if you go to her IG page, she put it up today. And she put a really good, uh, she featured a lot of uh, trans, non-gender conforming women in her most recent music video. I think something like that is actually like super productive to do. Like she's she's not actually putting that in her song, mm-hmm. you know, not so as not to make it like a, a controversial topic, but she she's incorporating it in a way that makes her look makes her not just look like, but makes her actually. Uh, a person who who's an ally to these people. So so, is is that oh is that a, a different sector? Like is it okay to do I, that in that sense? Absolutely. And I feel like if it if it's visual, I feel like visuals are always good, right? So if it's something that's visual and symbolic, mm. and it's it's helping out a cause, then abs- absolutely. Right. Yeah, I think that's a totally different. It is similar to what you just mentioned, but it's different at the same time. Yeah. And I think the fact that, you know, she was able to do that, make a statement, and it wasn't, it, it, you know, knowing, like, Kalani's discography and the way her videos usually are, it's probably something that wasn't forced, or maybe something that everybody kind of collabed on. Um, so knowing kind of what she's about, and, and, and knowing that that was in her music video, I can picture that going kind of that way. Yeah. And, and, and make it sense. That's my thing. It has to make sense. It's got to make sense. You know, one thing, like, with this whole quarantine, lockdown, you know, whatever you want to call it, man, like, I've been trying to just stay as present as possible and move with, like, a purpose. So I think if you take that, you can pretty much apply it to anything, right? Yeah. So it's like, if clients going to have, like, you know, representing... Um, you know, like a minority group, like in her video, you want that visual to, to, you know, help. You don't want it just to be there yeah. just because something's popping. Cause then not only do you look like an asshole, um, but it just doesn't make sense, yeah. you know, with the yeah. message in its totality. So something that probably a lot of people on your Instagram don't see, or something that maybe you don't talk about as much as your other job, which mm-hmm. is in... Yeah publishing and licensing if i'm not mistaken uh what what's uh-huh. what's going on with that these days so it gets a little confusing actually my tiktoks were about that for a little while i know okay. you're not on tiktok i'm not i'm not um but my tiktoks were on that and then i would mix in my music with it but Got it. uh so yeah so when i'm not in the studio or not you know like creating raps um i work at this company called royalty solutions 
So what Royalty Solutions does is um, they pretty much do royalty processing for like independent artists and small labels. Got it. Because um, a lot of them, even though they do bring in a lot of money, they maybe can't afford to have like a whole staff of like a financial department right. or a royalty department in within their record label. Got it. Um, so like they'll use us as like a like an outsource slash third party in order to keep like their record straight. And, and this so, was an internship before it was a job, right? Oh, this is just a this is a new job I got. New job. Uh, okay. Before that, I was an intern at Ultra Records. Got it. Um, I was doing mechanical licensing there for the label, and. Um, that went from an internship to a part-time job. And even then, before that, I was working at, uh, at NYU with Jeff Robhan. I was just kind of like his assistant, helping him with like a, working on a project and stuff. Yeah. Um, that's how I got like my foot in the door, man. I got I owe that dude so much. I should, I should probably give him a call see how he's doing. <laughs> um, so after that, I went to Ultra. From Ultra, I went to Royalty Solutions, where yeah. I'm at now. And so at Royalty Solutions, I work in a smaller company called Tune Licensing. Okay. And so there, um, I helped... The, you know, the same label clients do their mechanical licensing. And then um, I also help, like, uh, one-off clients get mechanical licenses for their cover songs. Oh, shit. And so that was kind of cool seeing, like, you know, there's different times of the year where, like, we'll get all these people covering, like, Christmas music and stuff. So if you're an artist and you're doing a, a cover song and you want to be able to sell physical products or, like, uh, digital downloads of this song so anything excluding streaming pretty much right um you have to get a mechanical license for it because since you don't own the song you have to pay pretty much pay and get permission from the people that do own the song yeah but if a song's released and it's like available to the public you're allowed to do a cover to it so you just need this license to kind of monetize off it so you just explained that to me like i was a job applicant applying for a job now for mm-hmm. listeners we're in new york city and a lot of people who live here i'd say probably about 70 percent of us might work a second job as a side hustle but this isn't just a side hustle like this sounds like it complements your your music career pretty much yeah i mean it it can and it does only in the fact that I've been able to learn a lot about the legal side of music and honestly how songwriters work. Yeah. Like, there are some of these songs, like, I didn't even know some of these motherfuckers were on. Um, you know, uh, how... And obviously, with sampling and stuff, too, it just adds more names onto the split sheet. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's just these songs that I'll do a license for and there'll just be a whole bunch of motherfucking publishers. And I'm like... Yeah damn, I didn't even know this many people were involved in, in the making of this song. And, like, for me being, like, a little hip-hop music nerd um, growing up, like, that definitely kind of, uh, it's kind of good to the palate. So what is it that, because in the past, like, you've done a lot of um, singing and yeah. rapping and, like, really, you know, and, and you can, you know, dabble with, mixing and stuff like that too yep. i feel like you know the software dude i ran fucking i, I ran a session for ready out, out of my crib cause, okay because jake's back in long island yeah and so ready need to finish parts of his song he's like yo listen i need to punch in some stuff i'm like well this dude's not here and like if you want to release this soon i might just come through and i'll and i'll track your session yeah so and now i'm doing it for myself like uh you know me and uh, my homie jordan jordan summer He's working on his first solo album Chance as an artist. Yeah. yeah, so that's my guy right there. Um, and so he was like, dude, I'm working on this song. Uh, you know, I need help writing it. And that, so 
what I mentioned before is like, I I put out Love Break Two, and then the fucking world exploded. Yeah. Right. You had all these incidents with the cops. You had the riots and the protests. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, at that point, I was like, yo, fuck music, fuck this EP right now, which sucks, man. Which sucks trying to swallow that pill because I was just I about love, to ask. I love this EP so much, even yeah. though it's three songs. I feel like it's three of my best songs. Yeah. So like to be like, damn, I gotta shove this to the side. Because like I need to be out here so, like fighting with my people, you know. So like, you weren't celebrating. Yeah, you weren't concerned about the performance of that as much. Yeah, only because like I did. I so I did the Lynette's virtual showcase, and then um, this new organization called Be Heard, Be Seen hit me up, and uh, it's cool because it's run just by like a bunch of like like women of color, and nice. so like they hit me up and like I played them one night only. They liked it. They brought me back again, and they did a showcase. It was crazy because it was on, like, a Saturday. So right. we had to do it at noon, but then I think over there was, like, 7 or 8 o'clock, which is, like, you know, party time, right? Yeah, yeah. So we did this giant Zoom call with, like, 30 people in it, both from here in New York and over there in India. And uh, I set up, like, a mic. Um, my friend has, like, a little studio set up. So we set up a mic over there. Yeah. I had the whole room to myself. And, like, I did, like, a little performance on IG Live and in the Zoom. Nice. So, like, that was cool because it kind of helped me... Even though it was an in-person performance, I still had a, I still technically had a crowd of 30 people, right? Just on a Zoom call. And they were fucking with the music, so that helped me a little bit. But it wasn't until Jordan sent me this song that it helped me get out of the writer's block. Because okay. I feel like I already had the performance stuff down, and now I know how to do it if I want to set one up. Him sending me this song, yo, he was like, he sent me a couple words and what the song is about, and I fucking sent him back a whole song done, so then... You know, he kind of, like, tweaked some of the lines and then sent me back his version that he's going to use for his album, so that's dope. No, that's cool, because uh, I didn't know you guys... And then Jake sent me something for his album, too, so... I didn't know you guys, you and Jordan, uh-huh. kept, kept in touch as, as frequent, like, like that. As oh, most- yeah, yeah. We we talk a lot. Even uh, when I went out to, um... Not L.A. When I was out in... When I was out in, uh... What the fuck? Long Beach for Complex Con. Nice. Um, I was out at this like jam session, and I was chilling, and then like Jordan came through and like hung out, and then and then drove me back to Long Beach from LA to Long Beach. So that was cool. So like, wow. Yeah. No matter even if he comes back to New York, if I go out there to uh, to LA or or to California, like we we always try to link up. We've been through a lot together, man. We put out like three EPs worth of music and videos and shit. So. Now, what would you say is your specialty? Because we got singing, rapping, you mm-hmm. know, you do a little bit of mixing here and there, but mm-hmm. you, I am of the mindset, having heard you rap, freestyle, whatever, for as long as I have that, rapping's really a strong suit, but you've, you've really gotten into, especially with, like, EPs like Love Break, more like the R&B side, where mm-hmm. it is, like, sing rap, but more singing, yeah. so... Do you feel like you lean more toward one side than the other as of today, right now, or what? Well, the song Fast I'm releasing has more bars. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have any singing at all. Okay. I think I'm like somewhere in this middle ground where I kind of like sing hum rap okay. <laughs> at the same time. But I think I think just lyrics in general is my song, is my strong suit. Yeah. So no matter what's kind of thrown at me, I kind of just mold to the situation. Nice. And I think that's cool that I'm able to, like, you know, write over a beat that sounds like live instruments and then maybe rap over some, like, trap stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm finding these words to say and I'm structuring them in a way for, like, not just for, like, a hot verse, for, like, a fucking song. 
you know so i just think like the the lyrics in songwriting is just it's just kind of like my shit i think everybody who aspires to do something great in music had that one musical moment where they were watching a concert where uh. they saw somebody that really just kind of touched them and inspired them to pursue music you know jake talks about it with Jimi hendrix but where where were you when you had that moment that was like shit man music is it like i gotta go for some sort of career in this dude my first so my first concert ever well i don't i don't know if this is the moment but i do want to tell you about this because i don't think i've told you guys this story okay um when i was seven years old no i was a little i was maybe like 11 i was 11 years old and you know i'd have on hot 97 right if we were in the car going somewhere and they mentioned that Nas was having a free concert in central park and i'm like I need to go to this concert. Yeah. I'm, and I'm 11 years old saying, yo, I need to go to this Nas concert. Right. You know, I don't think too many 11-year-olds were, were, were trying to convince their parents to go to a Nas concert. And my parents and I wound up going to this Nas concert, and we saw my old, one of my oldest sister's friends in line. And uh, it was crazy, man, because that's the first time I ever saw, like, a crowd of, like, hundreds of people. Nas came out to represent, and immediately, like, people were like, smoking weed but i didn't know what the fuck it was i didn't know what <laughs> right. it was yeah and i was like dad like yeah why are all these people bringing all these cigars to nas like i don't get it yeah um so i think that was just the moment where i knew music was going to be in my life but i think when i was i think after like my first show ever in new york city is when i had one of the moments where i'm like yo like i want to do this like every chance I get, no and do it what. here too. In yeah, New yeah. City. yeah. We <clears throat> we had a couple concerts together, and you got to refresh my memory because it's actually been quite a few, more than just a couple. But oh yeah, if we if you could pick one concert that we went to that was just like, man, I'm never gonna forget that because I have a couple in my mind. <laughs> what are your What are your concerts that we've been to as a, as a collective group? Maybe all Bro. of us are just the two of us that you were like. I mean, don't get me wrong, like, having, having all of us at Global Citizens was dope. Yeah. But the best, I, I, yo, and honestly, ugh, dude, it's got to be Day Off. Oh, Day Off. It's got to be Day Off, Yeah, that, that day was a blur. It was truly dude. a day off. <laughs> dude, that shit was fucking crazy, man. Yeah. And, like, I tell everybody about what went down that day, like, from fucking... <laughs> doing acid. I don't know if your fans know this. No, yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, not afraid want them to, to know admit this. that I've, I've done a psychedelic or two on the air, but yeah, man. But, um, yeah, dude. Dude, I remember fucking Lil Yachty came out, bro, with the fucking yellow shirt and the red braids. Long before... And he had, like, an aura, dude. Yeah. He had an aura, but I was like, yo, dude, everything's pink right now. Dude. Not like, quite the little with the sky. Yachty of today. Like, he, it was maybe before he really... Popped. I, I think, yeah, I think right? that's right before Broccoli dropped. Okay, yeah. Because I... uh, he closed with uh, One Night. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't remember... I mean, I do remember actually a lot of that night, and I do tell a lot of stories from that concert <laughs> as well, but you remember that when Migos came out. Yeah, dude. I was just thinking about that. There was some sort of ruckus and riot, and we didn't get to see him. And I was upset because that was the second time that I tried to see Migos live and the concert was canceled or put off. And it was kind of upsetting. You know, it was like a fun... And, and like, they just kicked their... Like, I remember 
I forget what's my thing is like I, I felt like they were about to do one of their hit songs and that's when the mics got cut off. Yeah. But then Quavo still had auto tune on his mic. So you hear him go like what the fuck? He's like, but he, Yeah, and it's like all like in this vibrato and shit sounded like T Pain. Yeah. Um so even though like that was funny, that totally killed that. But then we wound up going to Union Pool and that was fun. Yeah, that was a that was a interesting turn of events because really when that when that shit ended, I was like, the day's done. Like, let's go home. And then somebody suggested Brooklyn. I think it was my cousins. Yeah. And then, yeah, we ended up there and we made the most out of that day. I still have a ton of pictures from that. But yeah, I, I that's definitely top five for sure concerts. And that's a part of Queens, like off of Steinway that I, I can't remember ever being back near. It was some beer garden, a really nice beer garden too. Dude, every time I go out there, I, I always I I never recognize it until I pass that area because I remember that and there was like a Mercedes dealership. Yeah, I've only been out there maybe two or three times since then, but it's right by the um. There's a museum over there, and I went to like this sci-fi movie show. It was for, it was for a date. This girl suggested it, but I was like, yeah, this is cool. Get yeah. to see some get yeah. to see some cool shit. Um, I think it's Museum of Moving Images. It's right over by that area, but. Yeah, there, 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 there wasn't really too much going on besides that. As far as I know, who knows? Maybe you walk around the block and there's a whole bunch of bars. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So we actually have had a few really crazy nights out on the city. Some some nights we might never get to have again if, if this lockdown stuff continues. But um, was there ever a night, because I think everybody, whether they're involved in music or not, has like... A, a night that they remember based off a song or like a song that reminds them of like two or three like really cool memories that like a song came on in the club and it was just like you were with that girl that you were trying to get with at the club all night and she finally danced with you to that song like what's a song that triggers you know I'm asking you because you got the music mind uh-huh. the most memories for you if you could pick like I'll, I'll give you like two or three what are two or three songs that really just like give you some sort of nostalgia or, or remind you of something that was like oh shit like that was fun like ones that i wrote or just songs in general and uh it could be both it could be both because i was gonna say um fucking problems yeah at jen's house party mm. <laughs> <And> every- <laughs> cab's in the background he remembers that vividly dude or was it kendrick lamar's verse everybody sang that shit mm. I think from Drake all the way to Kendrick, all those parts, um, everybody was fucking with. That was that was definitely a classic moment. Yep. Um, <laughs> that shit was wild. That's bro. a good one. If that was your only answer, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> um, also, I uh, I have this song called "One Night Only" off Love Break Two. Yep. And. That so I went on. I met this girl that I was talking to on Hinge. Well, so we were on Hinge, then she hit up on Instagram, right? Um, and then she was like, Yo, like, let's go out for a drink in the Lower East Side. She was at the DL, mm-hmm. and I was like, Fuck the DL, meet me at Max Fish. Classic downstairs in Max Fish was fucking popping, and we were like chilling, and you know, like, out, you know, wound up, you know, like hooking up that night and shit. And so, One Night Only was just about, like, me and this girl just, like, chilling, dancing all night, like, you know, crazy sex and whatnot, so, 
that that song definitely brings back some memories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, fucking fucking problems at Jen's is probably a gem in my mind forever. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Now you're from Mayopac predominantly. I mean, you're born in the Bronx, but from yeah. from born and ra- uh, raised in Mayopac. What about it? Because I ask a lot of people on this podcast, you know, about where they're Splash. from and how that kind of shaped who they are. Mm-hmm. What What about Mayapak, uh helped you become you today? Not not just in the music sense, but maybe in terms of your just overall individuality. How How did it shape you? How did it change you? Um, I feel like growing up there, I was so I I feel like I made this shell around myself because I was kind of too nervous to express myself yeah um and like i love my friends that i made up there but i feel like there was always a piece of me that they didn't understand uh was that the music i just think like i was yeah i was like heavy into like art and music you know like wearing tight ass pants and shit um and just like trying to make it as a like a, a musician, a rapper, a songwriter, because like not everybody there. Like usually, if you did music, like it was you were in like a rock band or something. So you were um, kind of, what's the word? You were kind of digressing from the vibe of of what Mayapak typically does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like it's a very like you know blue collar working class kind of town um you know like my parents my mom was a co my dad was a firefighter yeah right so it's just like you know that was kind of the vibe of like the whole town or like you know some families own like delis or restaurants within the town or they worked like in the city um so it was just weird because i felt like i couldn't express myself to the fullest but i didn't know that i was just like so i felt like i was hiding a piece of myself but what i did learn from manpack and why I, I do, like, you know, have it so close to my heart was because, like, you know, my friends were the fucking shit. Like, if you fucked with one of us, man, like, one of us will, like, always have a, have your back. Right. We just, like, we would make fun out of nothing. Yep, yep. You know, and I really love that because when I'm in the studio or if I'm down on my luck and I'm like, shit, I don't know what the fuck's going on and, and I need to change something needs to happen... I can just do it with whatever I have in my surroundings. Yeah, yeah. And, like, my, my friends kind of taught me that. It was like, yo, listen, like, all we have is our bikes and the fucking woods. Like, you know, like, let, let's hang out. Let's do something. Um, but it was just it was just weird at points, only because I felt like an outcast because a lot of my friends and a lot of the neighborhood was white. And, like, I was, like, the only Puerto Rican or sometimes be, like, the only person of color at, like, parties and stuff. Yep. And it's something that I never really realized until you know i started just getting into the music scene and doing shows in different neighborhoods and like different towns and stuff and you know just really having like a more like diverse friend group and like a diverse life i think you could argue that that feeling of maybe being restricted or not one of them basically Mm -hmm. in in that community might be what push you closer to music right yeah absolutely there was definitely periods when i was growing up and i was the big thing I pursued when I was growing up was basketball. There was periods where, like, you know, I was good at, like, let's say I was I was good at spelling and, like, I had maybe a chance to go to the spelling bee. But I, I didn't really want to do that. I cared much more about going to, like, a regional tournament for basketball. And that kind of fueled me because people it was, it was not what people expected me to do. So, segueing into 
my next question. Oh. But I didn't, I didn't know that about you too. You did, always had like a really nice vocabulary. I feel like you always try to try to speak well. Did you? Yeah, thank you. Did yeah. Did you ever? And I, I see your parents at like all your shows, so I, I can't I can't <laughs> ever I can't ever assume that it was your parents. But did you ever get like that? negative pressure or i like you know the term is is hate like where where people saying like don't do music man like that's not your thing yo i was so bad bro like i got booed at shows yeah like uh when i was when i was coming up with my boy malone um like people would tell him behind my back like yo like why are you rocking with this kid bro like he's not good and um even before that man like you know once again, like, I was, like, timid, and I was trying to break out of that shell, and, like, having all that shit, like, even if I didn't know it, right, because a lot of, some of it happened behind my back, like, you could still feel that from people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, it was, like, that being said behind my back, um, you know, people looking at me weird when I was performing, that's the shit that, that made me want to get better. Right. Like, my parents saw that, you know, I was doing something cool, and, you know, I was staying out of trouble, Right, so like they were kind of all for it. Uh, my oldest sister was into the arts and was successful in it, so she's telling me to go for it. You know, my other sister was like super good painter. Um, you know, she she doesn't work in the arts, but she saw what I was doing and was like, "Yo, go for it." So my family was behind it. Yeah, yeah, they were cool with it. It was just other people peers yeah and it's like you would think that those were the motherfuckers cheering you on. Yeah. So for me, it was the opposite. And you, if it was maybe like my family against me and me with my peers, maybe stuff would have been easier for me starting off. But since it was the opposite, yeah, I was like, "Yo, fuck this! Like, I'm gonna be nice." And so that's why, like, when I met y'all, like, I was so good at freestyling, only because I had to do that in order to speed up my process. Because I had already quit rapping once. Right. Like, people around me were so good. Like, I didn't want to do it anymore. And then something just told me, like, "No, dude, you gotta do this." And then I got my taste of what it felt like to have a good night. And I was like, okay, I have to practice to make sure I have a good night every night. I make a good song every song. Yeah. But the only way you can do that is by making fucking trash in order to create gold. Like, that's just the way it is. So I just watched recently Hamill film on Disney+. Plus, mm-hmm. And first of all, fucking loved it. Hamill film? Hamilton. <laughs> that's what they called it. That was the hashtag. Oh, that was it? Oh, okay. My bad. And one I of the, clearly haven't watched it yet. One of the super catchy songs, not that they all aren't catchy, but one of the super catchy parts of it when Alexander Hamilton is moving to New York is they say, in New York, you can be a new man. And mm. I definitely came down here with the mindset that uh, it wasn't until somebody told me that, but they literally said, you're, you know, you're moving somewhere new. You can start a whole new persona if you want to. And that's kind of like what a lot of people do. And maybe you didn't start a whole new persona for yourself, but I felt like when I met you that I I knew you had been doing the the rap thing and and the music thing for a while. And even if you probably didn't feel like you were that good at the time, Mm -hmm. you could have convinced me otherwise. Like I I thought you were like in it, in it, and and you and you still are. So, do you think that you ever felt like? coming to New York like this is my chance to kind of reinvent myself or was or were you just building on top of what you had already built so I think I'd, I I hate to take the easy way out but I think I did both in the sense of that I came down here right and that's after I had put out all this music with Jordan so I came down here like alright I'm in this 
but I don't think I had a lane as a solo artist. Uh-huh. And it still took me like maybe three years to find that, you know? So maybe I was, I feel like, yeah, I was like 24, 25 when I kind of came to that realization. And yeah. like, I be, that's when I became lucky. Yeah. But it wasn't those things, it wasn't anything where I, I, I moved to New York City and it's like, okay, I'm lucky now. Mm. You know, I, I didn't have that mindset. Um, and it, it took me a little while to kind of get there. But then once I got there, you know, we have who I am now. Yes. Um, so it was necessarily like making a persona, but more so finding, like finding who I was and then defining who I am. Mm. Did you ever have a moment where you question the process? Uh, I think everybody who aspires for something big definitely doubts himself at times but mm. did you ever have maybe you had multiple moments where were you, were you like i don't know man is this it's, it's looking shaky like how, how, did, how do you how do you approach that that's actually how i how i came up with 12 17 18 um it was it was just the whole situation with this this manager who like kept on promising stuff and i felt like no matter how hard i worked nothing was gonna happen and so i was like maybe this guy can help me and then nothing happened with him. And I was like, fuck, I just wasted so much time on this. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm angry. I'm sad because this is at a point where it's like I haven't made a music video in a while. I haven't performed in a while. Right. You know, I put out a song and like nothing. I was doing nothing creative. And so I was stuck in a mess. So like mentally, physically. Right, like the relationship that I was in at the time started to fizzle. Some of my friendships started to fizzle. Yeah. Or, you know, like a lot of attention was bought up. So that's when I had serious doubt. And it didn't just affect one area of my life. It affected everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that was big. And then um, I, don't re- I don't really know what the fuck changed. Um, but once I dropped that one person out of my life then I just kind of took control of my own destiny and then it was not back to normal, but just back and better. Back on track. Yeah. Yeah. I talk a lot about inspiration and, and where my guests get get it from. Um, inspiration, motivation, whatever you want to call it. The, yeah. the fuel, I guess. Where What... Was there something you told yourself at that time when you were like really down on everything and did you did you say something or, or did you have a mantra or a motto or something that you know whether for some people it's prayer that you turn to when you were like in the in the space of like things aren't going well right now what did you do what what was the the calming you know thing that brought you back back down to earth and put you back on track there is i started trusting my gut more yeah and I kind of went with that that intuition, if you will. Um, and that just told me, like, you know, like, just, just listen to some beats. Like, you know, so I was, like, following producers on SoundCloud. And I listened to stuff. And then that's when I came across that, that beat for 1217. Um, but when I was going through my rut recently, I just wrote down all my goals. I posted them on a wall. I made sure, you know... Um, I was talking to my mom every day, 
you know, I made sure I was talking to, you know, you guys whenever I could. You you were gone for a little bit in Colorado doing your thing. So I was like, you know, yeah, you know, we kept in oh, touch. Oh, recently, recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah recently. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I talked to Jordan a lot. talked to Kev a lot. talked to Jake a lot. And then that made, that made everything okay. It made me calm. It made me not freak out. And so then I would just, you know, check that list that I wrote. And if I didn't do anything on there, I started doing it. And then that came up to the time of like right now where it's like, oh shit, like I'm busy. You know, I'm doing a podcast with you. I just finished writing this song. Yep. You know, I'm going to the studio in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, I made artwork for a song. So if I couldn't be creative in one way, I just tried another way to do it. It's like, you know, I started just taking random fucking clothes out of my closet. And I was like, you know, what? I don't have content to post. Like, let me just wear a fly off on Instagram because, you know, people like the shit that I wear sometimes. You know, I'll make a TikTok about, you know, how to how to light, how to how like music licensing works. Yeah. So I just started doing just this this random stuff and just trying new things. So even though I couldn't necessarily get a spark in the creative way I wanted to I tried other things and then it kind of came full circle where I got that spark back so it wasn't necessarily a mantra that re-inspired me but it, it was just more so just like believing in myself and then acting on any ideas that I had I wasn't afraid to try stuff and trying things got my brain going and once my brain got going I'm like okay well it's not creative today I can look at creative works online. I can read a book. And so I just kind of put everything that I mentioned kind of together. And obviously, you know, it took a couple months to, to, to do all that. Um, but that's that I felt like that was the healthiest way to get through 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 a rut, whether it's like a mental rut, whether things are like you're not going well. It's like, yo, just try a couple things, you know, let your mind work you know read a book that you know you've always wanted to do see a movie that you haven't seen in a while and like get your brain going you know talk to a family member and you'll be all right love it i love the power of writing shit down i have a notebook a couple notebooks that when i was in college i had a it was like a former pro swimmer or something come to speak to us in a in a lecture once and I talked about how he wrote stuff down every morning, like wrote down what he wanted to do for the day mm-hmm. and he wouldn't always get it done. But the fact that he wrote it down made him remember that over the course of the day, it's like, don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do that. And you don't beat yourself up for not doing it, but you remember that it's there and you remember that at some point it's got to get done, whether it's now or two, three days from now or two, three months from now. So like, I think that's so important. And so you mentioned something really cool there about, like, beating yourself up about things. So I'm very hard on myself. Yeah. And I didn't realize that until... Actually, so I had a conversation with Kevin, and I'm talking to him about stuff. And I was telling him not to be hard on himself. But I'm like, wait, like, I can't... And then I just admitted right there, I'm like, shit, I'm hard on myself. Yeah. Um, And I feel like that that comes from not accepting things and not being present. Yep. And so the more I tried to just accept and just be in the moment, it it was easier to learn from mistakes or accept the situation and try to create a solution rather than beating yourself up. And I feel like we always talk about like, oh, yeah, I harm myself and beat myself up. But we never talk about the solution to that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like the solution to that, it's, it's, it's so simple. Um, we just need to 
just concentrate on that, and then we can easily like flip our flip our lives or our situations around. Also, what the fuck is this on the screen, man? That shit's amazing. <laughs> I don't know, Kevin. Are you sitting on the remote? I definitely get that a lot. <laughs> I definitely get that as a as a trainer too. There's so many times where I. I look at uh, my clients and I say, you know, you're not doing this right. You're not doing this right. And I, I'm, I'm too corrective with them. And then I look at myself and it's like, how can I be the example for them if I'm not doing the same thing? So I get that for sure. As, as we're kind of winding down, what is your five-year, like, give us a, a, a broad outlook of, like, what your five-year plan looks like. Like, from, from now till... Uh-huh. 2025 what what do you plan to get done um yo i want to i want to move to the west coast okay i've been saying this forever dude i'm going to start saving money and i'm, I'm gonna do it i want i want to go out there even if it's for a year or a few months you know it's like i have enough connections and people out there but like i love being outside i love the nice weather i've never been a fan of the winter and honestly yo when i talk to people they don't even think i'm from new york dog they think i'm from california <laughs> and so i feel like my spirit just belongs out there somewhere i don't know but i can definitely i feel like i can find it i feel like there's something that i can connect to um so that's something that i want to do um also yeah, just more music, more songwriting. Hopefully the next time I'm on your podcast, I'm like a successful either independent or signed artist. Um, as much as I like my job that I am now, I, I do just want to make money off my music. Yep. And kind of, not even be my own boss, but just, you know, have options. Yeah. You know? have options like if i wanted to like make a company or collab with the company or you know invest in something that i really want to like i want to be able to have that agency man yeah you know um i don't i don't want to be necessarily working in like the, the corporate area for the rest of my life yeah though i am thankful for the situation that i've been in because it's going to teach me how to then do shit on my own yeah um yeah, so those those are my those are my two main things, um, and I'll probably have more tattoos and a better physique. Nice. <laughs> those are so. those are those are probably very probably more attainable. I I love the first two though because my mm-hmm. my cousin tells me about the difference between unattain like not unattainable goals but attainable goals and goals that are more ambitious. Yeah. And one of them she calls a BHAG, which is a big, hairy, ambitious goal, which is something, <laughs> something that you're going to do. Yeah. It's just not going to happen immediately. So I think it's always good to have a BHAG. And I think it's good that you mention uh, that you don't want to be in the corporate world forever. I'm, a, I'm firmly of the mindset that no human, regardless of, of, of what they really aspire to do, is, is, is built for desk jobs. Like, no human can actually... Mm-hmm fulfill their full potential in there that's just my my take and i think i do think i don't mean to cut you there but i do oh nice yeah i do think um it's at least necessary for the experience at some point for sure yeah yeah yeah. yeah. okay okay as long as we're on the same page yeah no i definitely agree i think you know if that's the initiation into something bigger that's probably where it serves its purpose best but there's definitely a that was a large step. He's by. jumping that yeah, but that, that wasn't a travel, and that's off of one foot. Jeez. For those uh, listening, LeBron James just slammed it with ferocity. Um, 
but yeah, there's 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 definitely some value in it as long as it's not what you want to do forever. Well, I gotta thank you so much for coming by because we got food coming soon, and this apartment's a fucking mess. But this is uh, the first podcast that I've hosted with a former podcast friend of mine. I've only ever done like Wait, three or four podcasts ever. Some people have done none so i can't say only but but this is like my real official on itunes podcast and i was so glad to have somebody who the conversation just flows very naturally with with uh lucky where can the listeners find you and uh what's coming up in the immediate future for you yeah so uh fast is going to be released on august 28th okay um that's going to be available on spotify uh if you want to reach me at my socials it's listen to lucky that's my instagram my twitter um, also on my website, listentolucky.com. Um, yeah, I'm going to be posting music updates on there. You can subscribe to my newsletter. So, you know, every once in a while I get an email from me being like, yo, what up? Um, yeah, and, and that's it. I'm really looking forward to this new song, Fast. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I grew up in a town where, like, people knew you by your car. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm really happy for this one because it, it's definitely a song like I want people like bumping and driving fast too. So, uh, yeah, fast by Boy Lucky. L U C K Y. Don't forget the exclamation point. You heard it here first. Fast by Lucky! Exclamation point coming soon. Lucky, thanks for hopping on. This has been episode five yeah, of the Potentiation me. Podcast. Thank you again. Peace.